something not possible. Jesus is so good, so infinitely good that he does beyond what we ask him. And I need us to first of all understand a few things. That with God, nothing is impossible. That things do not happen. It's either because our faith cannot carry it, or God chooses not to do it. Those are the only two reasons. Our faith cannot carry it, or God in his wisdom chooses not to. Because with him, nothing is impossible. Why do I say so? Some of us have carried a belief over a long time that while Jesus was on the face of the earth, that nobody around him ever died. The Bible may seem to suggest that, but I don't think it's correct. Even people who were close to Jesus Christ died and perhaps did not come back to life. I will give you one example. When Jesus was on the cross, He turned to the mother and said, Behold your son. Who was that John? Son, behold your mother. And the Bible says, From that day, John took Mary in into his womb and lost her as his own mother. And the question I want to ask where was Joseph? You don't tell. let somebody take care of you when the husband is still alive. They will take a gun and shoot you. What is the meaning of that? So it suggests that Joseph was dead at that time. Why did Jesus not raise him up from the dead? Because God wanted it to be so. Not because he could not. Because scripture upon scripture we see that anyone that Jesus set his eyes on, whatever was considered by men as irreversible, Jesus was able to reverse it. Am I making sense this morning? So for only two reasons, either your faith cannot carry it, or God, in his wisdom, chooses not to. Am I making sense? Now, in the natural world, are considered impossible if it runs contrary to tradition, if it runs contrary to experience, all known experience, if it runs contrary, at least today, to science, it is considered impossible. Now, if you are confronted with something and your experience tells you that from the time I was born, so now, I have never seen something like this happen in this way. Your experience tells you that that thing is impossible. True or false? Or the tradition of men have made it impossible. Or science has declared it impossible. For example, death.
for the natural man is final and irreversible. I'm not talking for us Christians, even for us Christians. Some of us do not really believe when we are faced or confronted with death, either for ourselves or our loved ones, that death is irreversible. So for the natural man, death is final and irreversible. For the natural man, restoration to life of a dead person is unimaginable, is unthinkable. Are we together? It's impossible. But with Jesus, the things that are impossible to the natural man are possible with him. Are we together this morning? Yes, sir. Are we together this morning? I need you to follow me very closely. Amen. As a matter of fact, I found out that in Jesus trying to demonstrate, whether he was trying to demonstrate to us or not, I don't know, but I believe so because the Bible tells us that all scripture was written for us for an example. In trying to demonstrate that nothing is impossible with him, oftentimes he went the extra mile to demonstrate that to us. Are we together? Let me give you an example. When the news came to Jesus that Lazarus had died, Jesus did not rush to where Lazarus was. He waited four extra days so that if there is any confusion as to whether he was dead or not, that confusion should be settled. Four extra days that even his siblings, when he arrived, when he showed up, said to him, his body should be stinking by now. So for those who doubted, he made it clear to them that this man was dead, dead. Extra mile. We see also the story of Jairus. Jairus came to him, my daughter is grievously ill. He'll come and heal my daughter. And Jesus said, I will, I'm going with you. And Jesus began to go with him. On the journey to Jairus' house, the Bible tells us that Jesus' journey was interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood. And as the woman interrupted Jesus' journey, how did she interrupt it? She made virtue to leave him. And Jesus turned around, hey, somebody here has touched me. Somebody has touched me. And the disciples and all those around, and I believe including Jairus, would have been saying, what kind of a question or issue are you raising? Of course, people are thronging around you, so somebody is always touching you. He said, no, there is a touch that is different. Somebody touched me because virtue, power, left me. And the Bible says, when Jesus said that, the woman knelt down before him and confessed and told all her story. Mark chapter 5, verse 33. She told Jesus all her story. You know, we have said it before. When a man tells story, is different from when a woman tells story. When a woman tells story, and the Bible says she told all her story, you have got to be patient. Now, listen. You know, we sang this song. Pass me not, O Savior. When thou art others calling, 
that I'm sure was also the son of Jairus at that moment. Come and heal my daughter because she's grievously ill. He starts first by saying, who touched me? Jairus would have been saying, for God's sake, somebody touched you. Please, can we get on with this joy? Can we, can we go on, please? Somebody touched you, so big deal. He may not have said that out, but I'm sure it happened inside. Then the Bible says, Jesus now still insisted somebody touched me. And the woman came and confessed. After confessing, she told him all her story. Jairus at that point would have been saying also, when thou art others calling, do not pass me. Please, woman with this your blood, the Bible tells us her name. Can you just take your miracle and get out of the way? Because this man is coming to my house. You know, at the first time when Jesus was saying, somebody touched me and she confessed, he would have his head like this, oh my goodness. Then she began to tell the story. He would have said, what kind of wahala is this? Eh? Woman, can you get your miracle and go? Go! Eh? Go! Others are waiting. And she finished telling her story and Jesus continued the journey. You know, sometimes it seems that Jesus is never in a hurry. The reason why he appears never to be in a hurry because he has control of all things in his hands. Nothing is too big for him. Nothing is impossible with him. If only Jairus understood, he said to him, relax. How do they say it in Yoruba? Farabale is not. not. Cool down, don't worry. Relax. Because with me, nothing is impossible. When Jesus wanted to heal somebody who was blind, in John chapter 9, his eyes caught the man who was blind from the mother's womb. You know, when people get blind because there's a defect, cataract, or one thing happens to them, it is a bit understandable. But at least experience as at that time when Jesus lived. They have never seen anybody who was blind from the mother's womb receiving sight. And that is why the Bible understood it. When Jesus wanted to make an example, he used somebody who was blind from the mother's womb. What does that mean? This man had never seen. He does not know what sight is. In fact, you see, why the power of Jesus is so much is that Medical science would tell us that when somebody is blind, it means that the person is in darkness. The person is not receiving light. So for somebody who was blind from the mother's womb, had never experienced light, how was the process of transformation organized? How was it done? That light came. His, uh, uh, the functions of his eyes began to correct themselves and he began to see and saw immediately. That tells you that when Jesus performs a miracle, it's not like any other thing. It's not even like medical science. Because one who was blind from the mother's womb, he made them made him to see. Then we see also the story of the lame man who sat regularly at the gate that was called beautiful. He was lame not because he suffered from polio, but the Bible tells us that he was lame from the mother's womb. Again, whenever the Bible talks about people who ha 
have a challenge from birth is trying to point to us the impossibility of their situation, the irreversibility of their situation. But guess what? This time around, it was not Jesus that performed the miracle on the lame man. It was Jesus performing it through men like you and me. That was taking it what to the next level. Whether Jesus does it himself, or he does it through men, his power is not diminished. One would have thought, okay, while Jesus dealt with issues from death, men can deal with issues and challenges that arose in life. But no, he didn't do that way. He said, if I can do it, you can do the same, and perhaps even much more. Are we together? And that is what I'm here to tell you this morning. The same Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead. The same Jesus who raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. The same Jesus who restored the sight of the blind man from the mother's womb. The same Jesus who walked in the life of Peter to raise the lame man from Beth who was sitting at the beautiful gate. The same Jesus is here today. And how do I know that? The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there. If Jesus did those things and walked through Peter did the same thing without any sign that his power had diminished. The word of God also assures us that it is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Is somebody listening to me? Yes, sir. Is somebody hearing me? Yes, sir. Has the enemy brought about death or destruction in any area of your life? Jesus walks by belief and by faith. I think it will do you good to believe that Jesus is here with you. Whatever it is that if Jesus were to physically walk through this door and stand here and raise his hands and say, is there anyone sick here? Come forward. I want to touch you. The same way you should believe that he's standing here, even though your physical eyes cannot see him, and he's about to touch you this morning. Amen. And bring healing to that area. And that is why I ask, is there any area of your life where the devil has brought about death or brought about destruction? Jesus can bring restoration. I said, Jesus can bring restoration. Do not think you have just come to a first service because the first service has started. Think that you have come here to meet with Jesus because Jesus has ordained this first service for whatever issues there are in your life to be resolved today. 
Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief cometh, or the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The devil came to steal, to kill, and to bring destruction. Jesus came to do the direct opposite, to bring restoration. The ministry of the devil is the ministry of death. The ministry of Jesus is the ministry of life. You have not come here to serve or to worship the devil. You have come here to worship Jesus, who is the author of life, who is the resurrection and the life. The same way Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you were here, my brother would not have died. The same thing is happening to a good number of us. A good number of us have ruled certain things in our lives as impossible. Some of us unconsciously have believed that this far can I go in life and I cannot go beyond there. That is an attack of the enemy. Some of us believe that certain dreams that we lost as a child of who or what we can become is no longer possible because of how life has treated us. The same thing that you are thinking is the same thing that Martha was thinking. And Jesus Christ is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. No matter how forgotten that dream is, I can bring it back to life. No matter how impossible that situation may appear, I can resurrect it again. If only you believe. And guess what? Jesus just doesn't restore you to status quo. He restores you above status quo. And that is why the Bible says, he gives life and he does not only give it, he gives it what? Abundant. More abundantly. The story of Jairus tells us that while he was waiting, waiting for Jesus to attend to him, while he was singing that song, Pass me not, O Savior, hear my humble cry. When you are calling on others, don't forget me. While he was singing that song, he did not know that what Jesus was going to do in his family would be beyond what he's asking for. He came to ask Jesus for healing. Jesus did not only bring healing, he brought what? Resurrection. And that is why I'm here to encourage any one of us who is here who had a dream at some point in time in your life that I'm going to be a businessman or a businesswoman. 
but you are today locked up in a job that you are not happy about, going from morning to evening and earning stipends. I'm here to talk to somebody who feels that his or her marriage is hopeless. We have sought counseling. We have met people. I have prayed, but things have not changed in my marriage. The only direction that this marriage is heading to is towards the rock. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is able to bring restoration. I'm here speaking to somebody who might be saying, this sickness in my body, I have spent so much seeing doctors, but nothing has changed and nothing has happened. Yes, you may have spent so much time seeing doctors, but the only doctor you have not spent time consulting is Dr. Jesus. And he's here saying to you, I can bring restoration. Nothing is impossible with me because I am the resurrection. I am the life. What a wonderful God we have. What a powerful God we have. What a gracious God we have. What a kind God we have. The God that has the solution to all of our challenges in his hands. When you have a challenge and you go to him, he does not go to consult. He deals with it himself. And that God is present with us this morning. I want us to rise to our feet. I want us to rise to our feet. And this morning, whatever it is that is that challenge in your life, whatever it is that is standing as an obstacle to you and your freedom, whatever it is that is depleting your joy, that is not allowing your joy to flow over. I want you to lift it up to God this morning and say, Father, destroy that power of death operating in my life. Mention that area of your life to God. Father, by your power, destroy the power of death operating in my business, operating in my body, operating in the lives of my children. Operating, oh God, in my ministry. Destroy, oh God, that power of death. Operating in my marriage. In the name of Jesus. Father, destroy it. Your word declares that by reason of the anointing, every yoke shall be destroyed. Every yoke upon my life. I command them destroyed this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are the God with whom nothing is impossible. Father, every impossible situation in my life, I command a reversal. In the name of Jesus. I command a reversal. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every impossibility in my life, today I speak a reversal to you. Turn around in the name of Jesus. Receive life and receive restoration in the name of Jesus.
Kondoro Shende, Ikali Brande Ketele Brogodo, Mando Kondo Kotele Brogodo, Mako Sende Ketele Brogodo, Sheketele Brande Ketele Brogodo, Mako Sende Kete, Yekende Kete, I receive victory, I receive victory, Mako Shende Kete, Mako Sende Kete, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We are going to say, by faith, by faith. By faith, I receive the abundant life. Into that area of your life that you are talking to God about. By faith, I receive the abundant life over my dead dreams. Over the dreams that were dead in my life, I receive the abundant life in the name of Jesus. By faith, I receive the abundant life. If it is your marriage, talk to God. I receive the abundant life into my marriage. If it is your business or your finances, declare to God by faith. This morning, I receive the abundant life. I receive it into my business. I receive it into my finances. In the name of Jesus, I receive the abundant life by faith into my children, into my loved ones. In the name of Jesus, I receive the abundant life into fountain of living waters. In the name of Jesus, Marco Shendekete, I receive restoration today, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Marco Shendekete. Thank you, Father Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for total victory. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for the abundant life. Thank you, Jehovah. Blessed be your name, O God. Blessed be your name, O God. Thank you, O Lord, for being the resurrection. Thank you for being the life. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. If you are here and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can you just wave your hand at me? Just read it at me very quickly. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We thank you, Lord, for destroying the power of death over our lives, death over our bodies, death over our flesh, death over our marriages, death over our dreams, death over our businesses, death over our ministries, death over our homes over every area of our lives. Today, O oh Lord, we thank you for conquering death in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for releasing to us, O oh God, the abundant life. Thank you, Father, for restoring us. Thank you for placing, placing us in a better place. Thank you for our lives indeed shall be a praise of you. 